The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Yoma has been dedicated in memory of Mazal Bat Esther Baghdadi and Yosef Ben Mazal Baghdadi by their family. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. Daf Bet. Today's daf has been dedicated by Mr. David and Ilana Meyer in memory of Nahum and Eliyah Sa'ala ben Hanna Alea Hashalom Alaba Shalom Ruwa Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden Amen we are studying today's daf, the Anun Shmat Acham Baruch Rafael ben Miriam and Abraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. B'Shem Hashem Na'asev Nasliyah. We begin today. Mesiyat Adishmaya Masechet Yoma. Of course, the thrust of the Masechet discusses the process of the Avodah, the service on Yom Kippurim that took place in the Beit HaMikdash. Yoma is Aramaic for the word Yom. Yom meaning Yom HaKippurim. And therefore, our Mishnah begins with the process. The process did not begin on Kippur, actually. We're going to learn today, the process began actually starting a week before Yom Kippur. And the Mishnah begins. Shiva'at Yamin Kodem Yom Kippurim Seven days before Yom Kippurim Mafrishin Kohen Gadol Mebeto They separate the Kohen Gadol from his house Lilishkat Perhedrin To an office in the Beit HaMikdash That's called the office of Perhedrin And what do they do there? So that she says on the top, Now again, the Kohen Gadol is the one that does the service on Kippur. So they don't uh, bring him to the Beit HaMikdash on Kippur itself, but they bring him already from a week before. The whole service of Kippur is only Kasher for the Kohen Gadol. Like we learn in Horayot, that says, Which Kohen has the ability to atone on Kippur? The Kohen Asher Yimshach Oto, that was anointed. That's referring to the Kohen Gadol. Now the Gemara is going to say, what are you separating him for? Yeah, we'll go look at the picture in a second. Why are you separating him? I mean, what is the seven day uh, preparation? That's the name of the uh, of the office, as she says. We'll tell you where they got that name from. So that's the first fact. The second thing they do is they prepare a second Kohen in his stead. Maybe the first Kohen is going to become Pasul on Yom Kippur. Either he'll become a Baal Keri, he'll see an, an omission, or some other Tum'ah that's going to render him invalid. So you have to have another Kohen ready in the wings that can fill his position. Now it's Masra from the Rishonim that they didn't take this Kohen 
for seven days and do the preparations. They just had an extra kohen in the wings, just in case it was necessary. It should be pointed out, even though the Mishnah Perkavot says that one of the ten miracles that took place in the Beit HaMikdash was a kohen gadol never became tameh on Yom Kippur. But still, based on the principle of ensum khim ala nis, that we're not allowed to rely on miracles, so therefore they still had to make the effort and prepare a second Kohen Gadol, just in case the first Kohen Gadol would become Pasul, so he would right away fill his shoes. The Omer, af isha aheret matkinin lo, sheme tamut ishto, shene emar, vichiper ba'ado ba'ad beto, beto zu ishto. Rabbi Yudha says, not only did they prepare a second Kohen, just in case the first Kohen is going to die, but they also prepared a second wife for the first Kohen Gadol, just in case the Kohen Gadol's wife should die. So right away, this second wife would fill the place of the first wife. Now, why is that necessary? So the Mishra quotes of Pasuk, V'chiper ba'ado u'ba'ad beto. That the Kohen must atone for himself and for his Beto, for his house. And the Mishnah says, Beto zu ishto, implying that the Kohen needs to atone for a wife, and he needs to have a wife. So therefore, he says, we suspect that the first wife's going to die, and therefore you have to have a second wife right there ready. So the Mishnah concludes and says, Amrullah, the rabbis told, Rabbi Yehuda, imken en ledavar sof. Says, if that's the case, you're going to suspect that the Kohen's wife is going to die, there's no end. Which means now you're going to have to prepare another wife and another wife and another wife. So you want to start suspecting that people are going to die over here, so then it's uh, it's endless. Now let's read that in the Rashi. Let's read Rashi. Uba'ad beto. Gabe yom kipurim ketiv baharemot. Good. The pasuk v'chiper ba'adu ba'ad beto is written by the service of Kippur. Imken the hayish lemita that you're suspecting that there's going to be mita en ledavar sof sheme gamzutamut, which means maybe this wife is going to die also. And therefore the hakamim it seems that are arguing on the view that you do not have to prepare another wife. So while the rabbis are not concerned about uh, a death, it seems they are concerned about Tum'ah. Because they did say you have to prepare another Kohen Gadol just in case the first one becomes Tameh. So when it comes to Tum'ah, that already seems like a valid suspicion. But for the Achamim, once you're going to start to suspect the death, then already there is, no, uh, there is no limit. Especially, it should be pointed out, that even though we do see in, sometimes in Shas that the Achim do suspect that Shemit Tamut, but in this case over here, it's in such a small window. In Zman Mu'at, in a small window that Tosfot explains, we're not concerned that somebody's going to die. It's only in a, in a 24-hour period. I mean, if it's a longer period, then already Yachemim also suspect that there might be Mita. But in such a small window between Leil Kippur to Motsai Kippur, to suspect that the wife is going to die, that already is uh, far-fetched for the Yachemim. Now Tosfot on the top just gives us a klal. Our Mishnah starts off Shiva'at Yamim. It gives the number before the law. So Tosfot points out that you have Mishnayot that sometimes follow that pattern, that give us the number before the law. For example, it says in Masechet Baba Kama, Arba'a Avot Nezikim. It tells you the number and then it tells you the amount of types of damages that there are. But you also have 
um, different like the Masechet Kedushin starts off, Ha'ishan Niknit Mishloshad Erachim. It puts the law and then the number. So therefore, Tosfos is just style. Sometimes it goes this way, and sometimes it goes that way. Obviously, Amishnah chose the son of putting the number Shiva first. Comes the Gemara. Comes the Gemara and says, Amen. Gemara, Tenanatam, we learned over there in the Mishnah. Shiva'at Yamin Kodim Sirifat Para seven days before they would actually burn the Para Aduma. Okay, let's review there was a law in the Torah called the Para Aduma, the red heifer or the red cow, that they would burn it into ashes, they would add water to it, special water, Maim Hayim, and they would use it to sprinkle it on people that became uh, Tameh from Corpse Tum'ah. It's the only way to metahed a person from Tum'ah of a mit. They would sprinkle him on the third day and the seventh day of his process. But now we discuss that they had to prepare the paraduma. They didn't just go burn it and you know mix it with water. It was a, it was a situation. It was a, uh, it was a procedure. So it says, just like they did for Kippur, a seven-day preparation, so too the ones that burnt the paraduma also had to be uh, prepared for seven days. And the Megimara says, Shiva'at yamim kodim sirifat para seven days before the burning of the paraduma, hayu mafnishin kohen hasoref et haparam bibeto. They would separate the kohen that was in charge of burning the paraduma from his house, lilishka to a, an office, She'al habira. That was on the bira. Now some interpretations, the Gemara is going to say the bira is actually the Bet HaMikdash. It's another way of calling the Bet HaMikdash. So they took him to an office that was in the bira, on the Temple Mount. Safona Mizraha. And the office of that Kohen that was in charge of burning the Paraduma was in the northeast, the northeastern corner of Bet HaMikdash. Vilishkat Bet HaEben Haitan Nikrit. It was called the Office of the Rock. Lishkat Bet HaEven. Why would they call that office of the Paraduma, the one that prepares it, Lishkat Bet HaEven? was a rock have to do with the Paraduma? Why is it called Lishkat Bet HaEven? Shekol Maaseha. Because all the preparations of the Paraduma, Bikhli Gilalin, are made from, are used, vessels, that are either made from feces of animals, that's Gilalin, Bikhli Abanim, or vessels that are made from stone, stoneware, U Bikhli Adama, or earthenware. Not to be confused with pottery, but this earthenware we're talking is just fashioned from dirt. However, it's not um, placed in the kiln or the oven and finished like a regular pottery candy. What do these three types of vessels have in common? These three vessels have in common, they do not mikabel tum'ah. They are, uh, they do not contact, contract tum'ah. It's not like a metal keli that contracts tum'ah. So specifically when they were preparing the para tum'ah, they needed vessels. Uh, you needed vessels uh, to, to in, 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 the, in the process. So they would only use either Kligilalim. Now, I interpreted it as Rashi says over here. It's um, feces of the animals that they would fashion it into a keli. But some explain Kligilalim is marble. 
That's another interpretation. The Aramaic word galal is marble. Again, marble is not mekabel tumah. It's like a stone. Or stoneware. Or, like we said, they would use kli adama. Maitama. What's the reason why they would go out of their way, specifically by paraduma, to use vessels that are not mekabel tumah? Because really, on all other services of the Beit HaMikdash, they use regular klimatechet. You use either a gold vessel or a silver vessel. Paraduma, you're telling me now that they went out of their way to use special vessels. And that's why they called that room, by the way, Lishkat Beit HaEven. Because the primary vessels that were used in that office that they were preparing the paraduma were kliavanim. Why? So the Gebaraz basically say like this, and I tell it to you outside. There's a law, which is actually a leniency, that the Achamim had by the Paraduma. What was the leniency? They had, let's say a person became Tameh. He, let's say, touched the Sheritz. So of course he has to go to the Megveh. Now normally, a person that touches a Sheritz, goes to the Megveh, his Tahara is still pending until evening. We call that Hi'arev Shemesh. Like we learned in the first Mishnah in Berachot. That said, Kohanim that became Tameh cannot eat Tirumah until Tzedek Kohabim, even though they went to the Megveh during the day. So, the Hidush by Paraduma is that somebody that is called a Tabul Yom means he went to the Megveh during the day, but he did not wait until Tzedek, he is allowed to prepare the Paraduma. He's not allowed to eat Tirumah yet, but when it comes to Paraduma, the Hakamim said, a Tabul Yom can prepare. The Paraduma, which is a great leniency that Paraduma has. So the rabbis were concerned that such a leniency would breed a lenient attitude towards the other laws of Paraduma. So they needed now to overcompensate somewhere else in order that this leniency of Tevul Yom is not going to lead to a lax attitude in the whole Paraduma. So they were lenient here, so they became overly strict somewhere else. And where was that place? When it came to the Kelim that they're going to use, so people would say, oh wow, look at this, we're only using Kli Abanim, Kelim that don't become Temeim. Okay, so Paraduma is a serious item. That leniency is not going to lead to a more lenient attitude. Now I should point out, that this was a great argument between Hachmei Yisrael and the Tzidukim of the time. The Tzidukim were those that did not accept uh, interpretations of Hazal, Torah Shabbat Peh. They took uh, a more literal interpretation of the Torah. And in this case, which is one of the rare cases, the Tzidukim were more Mahmir than the Hachamim. They said that no, a Tibul Yom is actually pasul for paraduma preparation. You got to wait until Ha'erev Shemesh. Now, since there was a great argument between the Tzidukim and the rabbis, the rabbis would always try to show up the Tzidukim. They didn't want their philosophies to become accepted by Klayasel. So any time they were able to disprove them in a public manner, they would take advantage of it. That's what the Gemara always uses the Lashon, Lehotzi miliban shel tzedukim. In order to, to uproot from the uh, hearts of the uh, tzedukim. So what did they do in this case to uproot from the tzedukim? They did something which uh, was really uh, uh, unconventional in the normal standards. They went and they took the fellow that was going to prepare the paraduma and they were metamehim on purpose. They took a sheretz or a nebelah and they were metamehim. 
and they told them to go to the mikveh in the afternoon, and specifically they would use a tibul yom to make the para in order to show the tzedukim, you're wrong. So that already caused a much bigger problem because the people would see you metameg the guy. So now there was much more of a risk that the lenient attitude over is going to prevail on the other laws of paraduma. So what did they do? They said, okay, we got to compensate somewhere else. So that's why they used kli abanim, and that's why that lishka, that office in the Beit Hamikdash, where they prepared it, was called lishkat beta even. And now we read that all in the Gemara. Ditnan. Maitama, we start from the Maitama, Kevan ditbul yom kasher bepara. Because we know that a tibul yom is kasher to prepare the para. Ditnan, because we learned in the Mishnan para. Metame'in hayu hakohen asoref eta para. They used to purposely metame' the kohen that was in charge of burning the para. Umatbilin oto. And then they would dip him in the day, and before nightfall in order to remove from the hearts of the Sidukim because they said they said you can only make the paradoma the people that had so therefore so the rabbis uh, established that you need to use these type of kelim that are not mekabel tum'ah, de lo likbelu tum'ah. Why? Ki hechi de lo lizilzelu ba. In order that they don't become lax and mizalzel in the other laws. So that, that's that law. So now the Gemara has another question. Maishina sefona mizraha. Now we're going to give a question here, just on the location of that office, where they prepared the Paraduma. It was in the northeast of the uh, Beta Megdash grounds. So the Gibbara is asking, why northeast? So the Gibbara says, well, Kevan de Hatati, the Hatati Una Safona. Well, first of all, we know any Korban Hatat was slaughtered in the Beta Megdash. Where? In the north. That's a cloud, that's a fact. Every Qurban Hattat had to be slaughtered in the north of the Beit HaMikdash. Paraduma is called a Hattat. Lemenida Hattat He, the Torah says. So therefore, we're going to follow it in the spirit of a Hattat, and therefore we're going to prepare it in the north. But I want to point out, we just finished learning Masechet Shekalim, and we learned in Masechet Shekalim that they did not slaughter the Paraduma in the Beit HaMikdash. If you remember, we said they slaughtered it in Harazetim. They slaughtered the Gemara said Haram Mishha. So a Qurban Hattat and a Paraduma are different in the sense that the Qurban Hattat is actually slaughtered in the Beit HaMikdash northern area, where a Paraduma is slaughtered by Harazetim. It's just that the preparation of the Qurban Paraduma, I should say, was done in the north, similar to the slaughtering of the Qurban Hattat that was done in the north. But what about the east? So the Gemara continues, and it says by the paraduma, El pene oel moed. After they would uh, slaughter the paraduma, they would take from its blood, and they would have to sprinkle it uh, on the uh, entranceway of oel moed. So we know that the Beit Hamikdash, as we explained, sloped from east to west. Right, the Kodesh Kodashim being all the way at the end, you know, in the west. But you're walking east-west in the highest point. Now, they would sprinkle the blood of the Para'aduma 
at the entrance, at the entrance of the um, Azara, or the Hechal. So therefore, they would sprinkle it to the eastern side, due east. And therefore, since the sprinkling of the blood of the Paraduma was done uh, towards the east, so therefore they put the uh, office northeast, the north connected the Hatat, and the east connected the direction that they sprinkled its blood. So therefore it's like, uh, all, it's, it's just to keep in mind to everybody, that's what I was going to say, that we're doing Paraduma over here. So everybody knows, to take this seriously over here. So the northeast reminds them, oh this is the Paraduma situation, and therefore everybody will be uh, on guard. So the rabbis established a northeastern uh, office, in order that there'll be a, a discernible, a noticeable understanding that this was this is done for paraduma. That's called the hatad, and it needs the sprinkling in the east. And as she says, "V'yasim lev liyot zariz b'maaseha v'seder avodotea." And the one that's doing will be zariz. It'll cause him to be a little more careful, a little more. Uh, um, uh, you know, uh, concerned and uh, meticulous, as we say, in the making of the parah. So we explain that. Now the Gemara says, "My bira." Now you explain that it's in the northeastern office in the bira. What's the bira? So Amar Raba Bar Bar Hana Bar Yuhanan Makom Ubira Shemo. That's, a, that's, that's not the name of the Temple Mount. That's the name of a certain area on the Temple Mount. It was called Bida. The whole area, you can call it the Benta Mikdash, and you can also call it the Bida. David Melech, when he was uh, charging his son Shilomo to build the Benta Mikdash, David HaMelech actually purchased the property of the Bet HaMikdash from a fellow called Aravna. So he said, you take the land that I bought and you'll build the Bet HaMikdash. And David HaMelech referred to the Bet HaMikdash as what? Habira, the bira asher achinoti that I prepared. Meaning, David HaMelech also prepared the, besides the purchase of the land, but he also prepared the plans of the Bet HaMikdash. So David HaMelech refers to the temple as the bira. So that's have mahluk in the Yuharash Lakish, what indeed is... Bira. So it comes out of Botai, we see that there are two items that needed a seven-day preparation. The preparation of Paraduma, where the Kohen that would burn it, they would take him away already to this place seven days before, and also Yom Kippur, the Kohen that would work on Yom Kippur. Now the Gemara is going to question, where do we know this from? We need a biblical source. How do you know that these two items, you actually separate the Kohen and the Sorefet Efrapara. So the Gemara says, Mina ane mile. Where is the biblical source that these two items need Afrasha? So comes the Gemara and says, Amar Rav Minyomi, Bar Elkiya, Amar Rav Maksaya Bar Idi. Amar of Yohanan, Amar Kera. They're basing it on a pasuk in Vayikra. Ka'asher asa bayom siva adonai la'asot lechaper alechem. Now, when they constructed the Mishkan, the Mishkan was actually inaugurated 
on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. The Torah mentions that in the beginning of Parashat Shemini, when it says, Vayhi Bayom Shemini, and it was on the eighth day, which was Rosh Chodesh Nisan, they inaugurated the Mishkan. So the Hakamim asked, eighth day of what? Mm-hmm. What do you mean the eighth day? It's the first day. It's the first day of Nisan. Why did it say the eighth day? It says, no, because there was a seven-day preparation that took place a week before the opening day. Those were called Shiva'at Yemeh Hamilu'im. Now, what did they do during those, those seven days? That means it started from Chad Gimal Adar, week before, for seven days. What did they do? They uh, anointed the Kohanim with the oil every day, like we learned in Masechet Chikalim, of the seven days of the Milu'im. They would also uh, prepare the construction of the Mishkan. They would put it together and they would take it apart. So there was a seven-day preparatory between all the Kohanim, Aharon and his children, Moshe Rabbeinu, that they had. So the Gemara, the Pasuk says like this, Just like you did for that day, for the for the for Rosh Chodesh Nisan, you took a seven-day preparation. So too for other things, you should also take a seven-day preparation for what items. So the pasuk says, Kasher Asab Bayom Hazeh, just like you did for this day. Then you for Rosh Chodesh Nisan, you separated seven days before. Siva Hashem La'asot, God commanded to do it. Lechaper Alechem. Now, what does this mean? La'asot. To do it, lechaper alechem. So the Gemara is going to doresh these two terminologies. La'asot, lechaper alechem. To do, and to atone for you. La'asot, elu ma'aseh para. Now when it says la'asot, to do, it's referring to what? The making of the para. That just like for the Bishkan, you needed seven days beforehand to start preparing, so to la'asot. When you make the paraduma, you also have to take the guy, go in and take him seven days before. Lechaper, elu ma'aseh yom kippurim. Lechaper is what? To atone. That's referring to the issue of kippur. So from those two terminologies in the pasuk, la'asot lechaper, we learned that these two items also need seven days. Let's read Rashi. Ka'ashir uh, asa, towards the bottom. Bimilu'im. God commanded Aaron and his children to separate from their home seven days. They sat day and night. And when did they start the actual service? On the eighth day. Then he told, okay, it's time. Go, go close to the Mizbeah, Aharon. Kashir Sibal La'asot Lidorot. That this was commanded not only during that generation, but Lidorot. For the generations coming up. Lifroz Zayin Lifne Avodat Yomichad. Which means, don't think this was a one time event. Kashir Siva, God commanded that this event will repeat itself throughout the generations. When? For the Paraduma preparation and for the Yom Kippur service. So comes the Gemara now, and the rest of the Gemara is going to just analyze this Dirash from this Pasuk. Now, it's clear you could not have learned this Pasuk only talking about Paraduma. Why? 
לכפר כתיב, ופרה לאו בת כפרהי. Because we know the פרה אדומה is not an atonement for anything. פרה אדומה more is a process of tahara. It doesn't atone for anything. So it's obvious when this pasuk was written, it cannot have been specifically and only referring to Paraduma. This Kippur is definitely in this pasuk. Because mm-hmm. once the pasuk uses the word Lechaper, that's got to be referring to Kippur. However, But maybe the whole pasuk is referring to Kippur. Who told you to learn that when it says La'asot, La'asot is para, and Lechaper is Kippur. Maybe I'll tell you, La'asot, Lechaper, it's all, it's all Kippur. Who told you to separate, that make one is para, and one is Kippur. You have to put Kippur in this pasuk, there's no argument. It says the word Lechaper, so Lechaper has got to be in there. But who told you that the word La'asot is necessarily referring to Paraduma? So comes the Gemara and says, Amre, you know where we really learn it from? Yalif Siva Siva. We have a Gezira Shava from the word Siva. Ketivacha Siva Shem Laasot. In our Pasuk in Vayikra, what does it say? It says, Kasher Asabayom Azes Siva Shem Laasot. It says the word Siva, God commanded. It says by Para Aduma, Zot Hukata Torah, Ashir Siva Hashem Lemor. So by Para Aduma, it says the word Siva. Ma'alan Para, just like by Zot Hukata Torah, it's referring to the laws of Para, Afghan Para. So to Ovi, when it says the word Siva, it's also referring to Para. Now, Uma Kan Pirisha, Afla'alan Pirisha. And just like in our Pasuk and Vayikra, it's teaching us about the seven days of preparation. So to my Paraduma, it's referring to the seven days of preparation. So according to this, at this point in the Gemara, the source of Kippur is from the Kapir Alechim. The source of Para now, it seems, is coming from not the word La'asot. It seems we fell off the word La'asot. Now we're learning para from the Gezera Shava, Siva, Siva. Now I should point out that from the Tosafot later on, it's mashma that we're not falling off the word La'asot. It's almost as if the Siva, Siva teaches us how to learn the word La'asot. So either way, how you're learning, but they want to say that this Gezera Shava is integral to learn para aduma. Comes again what says, and we turn to the Amud Ve'ema, maybe I'll say, Siva, Siva, the Yom Kippurim. Dichtiv, Vayas, Ka'asher, Siva Hashem, et Moshe. Which means, maybe this Siva, that's written by the seven days of the Miluim, who told you to make a Gezerah Shabbat, to Paraduma. Maybe I can use that Gezerah Shabbat of Siva, to a pasuk of Kippur, because by Kippur it also says the word Siva. So therefore, we're back to the question. Nakat Paraduma. That's the style of the Gemara. Don't learn Paraduma from this pasuk. Why? Well, you have Siva Siva in the Gizra Shava. It says Siva by Paraduma, it says Siva by the Miluim, and I'll say, just like the Siva is seven days, so do Paraduma seven days, preparation. There you go. Who says? 
I have another pasuk by Yom Kippur. What does it say by Yom Kippur? The full pasuk is Vayeta Zot Tachim Nechukat Olam Nechaper Al Bnei Yisrael Mikol Hatotam Achat Bashana. This is Kippur. Vayas Kashir Sivah Hashem El Moshe, and they follow the law. Oh, so therefore, why do you say what Sivah Sivah to just include Kippur? Now you tell me, we have a Gezerah Shavah over here. How could you just, uh, you know, uh, is, is it by Parad or by, is it by Kippur? What the Gemara is saying is, because normally a Gezerah Shavah is a tradition. You can't just make Gezerah Shavah on your own. The explanation of the Gemara is, we knew that there was a Gezerah Shavah out there, Siva Siva. That was the tradition. That these, the, 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 there's a Siva here by Miluim, and there's a Siva somewhere else that you can connect. <clears throat> Who told you you got your tradition right? Who told you that you're learning the right Siva Siva? Maybe it's not Siva Siva to Paraduba. Maybe it's Siva Siva to Kippur. No, which, which means we don't learn the Kapir. Which means maybe I'll just learn it Siva Siva straight all Kippur. And that, that would be my Gezer Shava. So comes Gemara and says, Gemara says, Danin, Siva de Lifne Asiya, Misiva de Lifne Asiya. Said, when we make Gezerot Shavot, the more similar the Gezerot Shavah, the more accurate, the better. Now, the Siva of the Miluim Pasuk and the Siva of the Para Aduma have something in common. They're both mentioned before the action, before the actual procedure. For example, by the Miluim Pasuk it says, Bayom Siva Hashem La'asot. So the siva precedes the word la'asot. By paradumat says zot katatorah shiva shem nemor, and then it goes on to tell us the action of the paraduma. So therefore, we'd rather learn a siva from a siva that precedes the action. However, in danin siva de lahar asiyat mitzvah de lefnei asiyah, but we're not going to learn a siva of Miluim, which is before the Asiyah, to Kippur, which is after the Asiyah. Why, what does it say by Kippur? etc. And they did it. Kashe Siva. Then the Vayas comes before the Siva by Kippur. And therefore, not similar. Yes, the word Siva is similar. But since the Vayas comes before, therefore we'd rather learn it from Paraduma to the Miluim. So we're back to including Paraduma from Siva Siva. Again, by Kippur, it says Vayas Kashir Siva. So the Asiyah comes before the Sivui, for the word Siva. Mashi'ikim by Paraduma, it says Zot Ukata Turash Siva Hashem. And then it tells us what they did. The next Pesukim. So Siva comes before Asiyah. In the Pasuk of the Miluim, it also says Siva Lasot. Then you see, that comes before the word, Asiyah, so it's more, it's more similar. So, Paradumah's back in. Paradumah's back in. Again, what are we just trying to prove over here? How do you know you need seven days? For Paradumah. For Paradumah, for Kippur. Kippur, you know, from the word, the Chaper. And from uh, Paradumah, we learn from Gizra Shavah, Siva, Siva. They're just playing. Uh, well, maybe learn Siva, Siva for something else? No. We're always going to bring it back to Para. So, the Gemara continues. Ve'ema Siva de Korbanot. Uh, now we're going to take it to different items. Who told you the Siva is teaching you Paraduma? Maybe it's coming to teach you Korbanot, which means any Kohen that works in the Beit HaMikdash, 
He brings Kabinot Sibur. Tamid Shil Boket, Tamid Shil Ben Arbaim, Korban Musaf of Shabbat, Korban Musaf of Rosh Chodesh. These are Kabinot Sibur, right? Maybe the Pasuk is teaching like this that any Kohen that works in the capacity of a Kohen that brings Korban Sibur, he needs to be separated seven days before he goes to the Bet HaMikdash. Forget about Paraduma. Uh, Maybe it's teaching any Kohen, any Kohen that works in the Bet HaMikdash that brings Korbanot Sibur, you got to separate him seven days first. Vichtiv, biyom savoto et b'nei Israel. Because when the Torah teaches us about the Kohanim bringing the Korbanot, it says the word, on the day that God commanded, biyom savoto. Savoto is like from the word Siva. So make a Gizra Shavah like this. Siva by the Miluim, Savoto by Korban Sibur, and teach me. Just like you needed seven days before the inauguration of the Mishkan, so you need seven days before any Kohen serves in the Bet HaMikdash to bring Korbanot Sibur. Gibra answered, Danin Siva Mitziva, Ve'en Danin Siva Mitzavoto. <laughs> we have a choice we'd rather learn the exact word from the exact word instead of learning siva and savoto yes savoto comes on the same root same shorish but we'd rather get the same word by paraduma it says siva by the middle it says siva therefore don't, don't, don't bring in savoto now if that was the only option we might learn it which means you don't need this is what Gemara is going to say. You don't need, when you learn Gezerah Shavah, precise words. The Gemara is going to actually show us now that we made a Gezerah Shavah with two totally different words. One Pasuk says Veshav, and one Pasuk says Uba. And the Gemara makes Gezerah Shavah, Shav Uba. So that's, that's not even the same root. So the Gemara asks, what do you care if the words are not so similar? All of a sudden, you're so mekpeed when it comes to Gizrot Shabbat, the words to be similar. Ve'atana deber bishma'il. Ve'shav ha'kohen, uba ha'kohen. We have a pasuk that one says, Ve'shav the kohen will return, and the pasuk says, uba ha'kohen. Zui shiva, zui bi'ah. And the Gabbalah makes it Gizrot Shabbat, shiva, bi'ah, it's the same thing. So there, now let me just tell you the context of what this Gizrah Sheva was said. So you should know. This was said in the context of Sara'at. That were found on the walls of a house. Sara'at Abayit. The law is, the Kohen comes and looks at the wall. Uh, and he then puts the uh, house in confinement for seven days. After he comes back, if he sees that the Sara'at spread, then already the process is... He has to take out the bricks of that spot of the wall. He also uh, scrapes some of the plaster around it. And therefore, it is, that's the, the process of Tum'ah. Okay? He has to take out the rocks. He takes off the rocks. And he actually takes off the plaster. Now, let's say it comes after seven days, and it just stays the same. Nothing changes. It didn't get smaller. It didn't get bigger. So then the deen is, there's another seven days. After the second seven days, the crane comes again. If it got bigger, he does the same thing he did if it would have spread after the first week. Okay? So they learned this from a Gezerah Shavah. How do you know that it's the same process after two weeks as if it was after one week? One week. So then the Veshav Uba. 
the Shav is talking about when he comes back after one week. Uba mm-hmm. they're learning is talking about where he comes after the, the, the first week and it's still the same. And therefore he has to come back again. And therefore we teach you what? That just like the, the Shav, after the first seven days, you take off the, the bricks and you have to take off the plates. So to Uba, when he comes after the second seven days, you have to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Now, those two words are by no not, means not similar. similar. But this is Shabbat. So the Gabbana said, just like you did a Veshav Uba, certainly I could do a Siva and a Savoto. Siva and Savoto are much more similar than Shav Uba. And therefore, back to the question. Who told you that you need seven days for Paraduma preparation? Maybe I'll tell you you need the seven days for the Kohen that does Korban Sibur. Mm-hmm. And every coin that brings a public offering, mm-hmm. you got to separate him seven days, put him in the office, give him, uh, you know, uh, a preparation, and then they uh, 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 let him go. So the governor says, "Oh, we'll speak it outside, then we'll read it inside." When are you going to say, if you have no choice, then already we'll start compromising on the words siva savoto. But if I have a siva siva, why should I jump to a to to a word that's only a root, right? By the Tzara'at, that's my only choice, Veshav Uba. I have those similar words. So the Gibbana says, That's only talking about we have no words that are similar. But we have words that are similar? We'd rather learn it from these similar words. Siva, Siva. So in conclusion, the source of Paraduma, Siva of the Miluim, Zotrokata Torah, Ashish Siva Hashem, Lemor, that's why Paraduma, that's how you know that the, the preparer of the Paraduma needs to go seven days before. How do we know Kippur? From the word the Chaper. In the word Torah says the Chaper, what's the Chaper? Atom. Comes to Gibran says, Le Chaper, Elu Maaseyum Kippurim. Now we're going to start challenging that side of the Dirash. You tell me the word the Chaper is to teach me that Kippur means the Kohen that does the Kippur service in seven day preparation. Ve'ema kapara de korbanot. Which means, uh, you talk about kapara. Who told you kapara is Kippur? But the only kapara in the Torah is Kippur? There's other kapara, for example, a Yahid is the way that she learns. An individual goes to bring a korban to the Beit HaMikdash. Korban Hatat. Korban Asham. Isn't this for kapara? So maybe the Hadush of the Pasuk is like this. Lechaper, the Kohen, that brings a korban yahid for somebody, which is bringing atonement, any Kohen that brings a korban yahid, he has to be separated seven days before. Again, guy comes to Beit HaMikdash, he's bringing a korban hatat. Who brings a korban hatat for him? He can't bring a Kohen. So maybe the pastor can tell me, all right, every coin that's involved in a kapara situation, you got to take the guy first seven days from before. So the Gibraltar, that can't be. <laughs> Do you know which coin is going to serve? That you're going to make pirisha on him? Meaning, the way it would work is, you had a mishmar. You had a group of koanim. There were 24 mishmarot. Every week, another mishmar would serve. Right. When, and every day, they would split up the mishmar into what was called bate'av. They would split up into six groups, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, because you couldn't have all these coining working on the same day. So they would split the larger group into smaller groups. But the point is, when it came to a korban yahid, 
what they would do is, there's, there's, let's say in the Bet Av, for example, on Sunday's group there's a hundred Kohanim. Now a guy comes in to bring his Qurban Yahid. Which one of the hundred brings it? We're going to fight it out? So what they would do was, they would make a lottery. They would draw lots. And there was a whole procedure, the Gemara is going to even tell us later on, how this procedure was done. It was like a, a raffle, lottery. Uh, this Kohen wins. So the Gemara is asking, how could you tell me that the Kohen that brings the Qurban, you've got to separate him for seven days. You don't know who it is until that moment, until they do the lottery. And so they, that's not an option. So the Gemara says, Amre, no problem. You know who's working on Sunday, right? You know the hundred Kohanim? Those hundred Kohanim should separate from the Sunday before. And the Kohanim, you have the schedule already. You know who the Bet Avs are. That's already divided. So every Bet Av should separate seven days before they serve. The Kohanim on Monday, seven days before. You're right. Only one or two of them, let's say, are going to bring the korbanot to the end, maybe. But so what? Everybody's prepared. Precautionary measure. Yeah, as a precautionary measure, let the whole bit av prepare themselves from before. So therefore, how do you know Lechaper is teaching us Kippur? Maybe it's teaching us that the whole bit av has to, you know, go seven days before. Kemara says, oh, Danin davar shekavua alo zeman, medavar shekavua alo zeman. We'd rather learn similar to similar. Things that have an established time from things that have an established time. For example, the Milu'im was an established time. It was done specifically on the 23rd of Adar, a week before the Milu'im. That's it, was a, was so to speak, you know, a one-time item. You, you, you can't do the Milu'im any day. It had to be done when it was done. It was Kavua. Kippur also is Kavua. It's, uh, you, you can't do Kippur in the middle of uh, Adar. You got to do Kippur on Yud Tishri. Right. Therefore, I'd rather learn. So I'm trying to learn that you need a seven-day preparation, similar to similar. Just like you need a seven-day preparation for a davar that's kavua, meaning the inauguration day of the Mishkan, which is kavua. So too, I need a seven-day preparation for a davar of Kippur. However, la apuke korbanot dechol yoma itneu. Every day there's korbanot. Korban in the Beit HaMikdash is not a designated day. Is one day designated for Korban? No. You can bring the Korbanot technically every day of the year. So therefore, if it's a choice between something that's Kavua and not Kavua, I'm going to learn Kavua to Kavua. So we're back to adding Kippur into the the Rash. So the Gemara asks, wait. Ve'eba regalim. Okay, you you want stuff that's set? Okay. The three holidays. Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot. Didn't they bring Korbanot on those holidays? Of course they brought Korbanot. And it's a set day. So therefore, I'll say like this. Lechaper is teaching me what? That just like you needed seven days before the Akamata Mishkan, so too the Kohanim that work on the Regalim, which are set days, also they have to go seven days before and prepare. Gotta be more specific. We're gonna learn 
things that happen once a year from things that happen once a year, as opposed to the galim that happen three times a year. Now, we're talking about the galim now. We didn't get the pesa yet. All the, there's three hours. At this point, the Gemara is learning all the galim. Now, let's analyze what this Gemara is saying. Miluim. How often was the miluim done? The seven days before the Hakamat uh, HaMeshkan? It was done once. Kippur is done once a year. So it, it is a little different. The Gemara is mashma from the Lashon over here. Just like the Miluim is done every year, so too we'll learn Kippur that's done every year. But it's really not. So the Mephashim, the Ritma explains over here, means like this. It was done once before the Mishkan. It was done once before Bayit Rishon. Let the Megillah was done once when they did Bayit Shini. And therefore, even during Bayit Shini, did it twice. Because during the times of the uh, second Bayit Megillah, the Hasturim had to re-inaugurate it the second time. Which means it's done once a... a cycle. Once a Mishkan, once a Bayit Megillah. That's what it means every year. Which means it's done every time you need to do it. You do it once a year and it's done. Similar to Kippur, which is done once a year. That's the cycle of Kippur. But I'm not going to learn Shalosh Regalim. No. Because Shalosh Regalim is three times a year. It's multiple. So the Gebrach says, fine. The Ema Regal Lehad. Okay, so you know what? Do one Regal. Don't do all three Regalim. Which means, pick a Regal, arbitrarily. For example, take Pesach. And say, just like the Miluim was done once a year, and you need seven-day preparation, so to what? Pesach. The Kohenim, they're going to work on Pesach. they got to prepare from seven days before. The Kibbutz hold it. Who told you Pesach, by the way? Kibbutz, v'chi tema lo yad'inan heminayu. Which one are you going to pick? I Masot. Maybe I'll pick Haga Masot. Why? Ho'il upatach bo'a katuf tehila. Because that comes first. It Haga Masot is more, right? Pesah is the first Haga Nisan. I Haga Sukkot, ho'ilu mirubeh mitzvato. Or maybe I'll pick Sukkot, because you have a lot of mitzvot on Sukkot. You have the lunav and the minim and the species. You have the mitzvah of Arava. That they used to walk around the Mizbeah. You have the mitzvah of Nisukhamayim, the pouring the water of Mizbeah. So the Gemara is saying, well, first of all, if you want to pick one holiday, you're going to have to analyze which which one you're going to pick. You're going to pick Pesach, which is the first, or you're going to pick Sukkot, which is the most prevalent with Mitzvot. Look at Rashi. I Hagamasot. It's towards the bottom. Kilomar. Yesh lecha lomar shal Hagamasot ne'emar. Ho'ilu patach botehila bechol makom. It's always, Pesach always starts off the Pesukim of the holidays. Or... Which means, which, which one you going to pick? So the Gemara says, It's like saying you can pick one of these two. Either you'll pick Pesach, or you'll pick Sukkot. Which means, we now have a question. You want to tell me from the word Lechaper, by the Miluim. It's to include Kippur, who told you? Maybe after the Chapit is coming to include one of the Regalim. Which one? Pick your choice. You want to pick Pesach? Let Pesach make sense. You want to pick Sukkot? Pick Sukkot also make But pick one of the... Pick one. So the Gemara says, No, no, no. Ela danin perishat shiva'a leyom ehad. Me perishat shiva'a leyom ehad. 
ואין דנין פרישת שבעה לשבעה מפרישת שבעה ליום אחד. אין דמילואים. It was seven days preparation for what? For one day. ואי ביום השמיני. That's one day. Kippur is the same thing. It will be a seven day preparation for one day. Whereas if you did it on the regel, it will be a seven day preparation for seven days. Pesach being seven days, Sukkot being seven days. So therefore, not similar. Again, not similar. It's more similar to learn to Kippur. Uh-huh. Yes, the Korbanot were for Kapara as well. Yes, they brought Korbanot for Kapara. And die, the Kapir, it says. Scrubs the Gebaran says, Gebaran is going to ask a similar question. Gebaran says, Ve'ema Shemini. Maybe it's referring to Shemini Atzeret. Because Shemini Atzeret is a one day holiday. Right, separate, you have Sukkot. And then the eighth day of Sukkot is Shemini uh, Atzeret. Separate So therefore, who told you Kippur? Maybe it's Shemini Atzeret. So the Gemara says, and it's teach me what? Do seven day preparation for that day, meaning again the Kohanim that are bringing the Korbanot on that day, Shemini Atzeret. They separate seven days before uh, to bring those Korbanot. So the Gemara says, Danin davar she'en kedusha lefanav, medavar she'en kedusha lefanav, ve'en danin davar she'esh kedusha lefanav, medavar she'en kedusha lefanav. Gemara says like this: the miluim of of the Mishkan, those uh, that day of the Hakamat Mishkan, that's the Yom Tov. Let's say that's the holiday. Before it. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. Just like Kippur. Before Kippur, Chol. So they're similar in the sense that the day is holy, holy but before it is not. Mashi'ekin, if you learn from Shemini Atzeret, yes, Shemini Atzeret is Kodesh, but you know what? The days before also Kodesh. Not similar. I'd rather learn Kippur from Milu'in, because just like the day of Hakamat the Mishkan, what was, it's not sandwiched in Kiddushah, what before it was whole, so to Kippur, what before it was whole, Mashiach and Shemini Atzeret, before Shemini Atzeret is a whole. It's Kodesh, it's Sukkot, not similar. So the Gemara says, hold it. Ve'lavka Nahomiru? Isn't it a Kalda Homer? Which means let's analyze it ourselves. <laughs> if in the case where it's just a hole. For example, before Kippur, Kippur that's surrounded by Kodesh. It itself is Kodesh, but before it is whole. And still you need seven days to prepare for it. Come back home in a day like Shemini Atzeret. That in itself is Kodesh and is preceded by Kodesh. Should also be seven days of preparation. I mean, if it's a Kalva it means on a day that is whole to Kodesh, you tell me you need seven days. On something that is actually Kodesh and it's preceded by Kodesh, should also more, so you should say you need seven. So the Gemara says, Hashta. Now you tell me an item that doesn't have Kiddushah before, for example, the uh, Biluim. Right? You tell me why you don't need Pirishah. Um, uh, you need Pirishah. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
an item like Shemini Atzeret, Kodesh again, and that's Kedushah from before. It's certainly you should need a Pidishah. What's the logic of Pidishah? It's holy. You're preparing for something important. You can't just go into the day. You need seven days preparation. So the Gemara is saying, if you want to tell me that the Miluim, it's seven days for that one item. Aleph Nisan. Now, before Aleph Nisan, there's nothing. For Al Nisan, it's Chol. What was that day? And you tell me it doesn't matter. For that one day, you you're going to need seven days preparation. Kalvahomer, when it comes to Shemini Atzeret, Shemini Atzeret is one day, correct? Now, before Shemini Atzeret, it's Kodesh as well. So it's surrounded by Kedushah. Once it's surrounded by Kedushah, it gives more Kedushah to the day itself because it's not done stand alone. It's surrounded by Kedushah. All the more, so you should need seven days. So the Gemara is going to answer to this. Two answers. Gemara says, Amar Rav Mesharshiyah, Lo Hazeketiv Kazeh. If you look at the Pasuk that's written by the Miluim, what does it say? Ka'asher Asa Bayom Hazeh. So they learn from, the, like, like they did on this day. So the Gemara says, Kazeh. The Gemara makes it Dinasha. It has to be Kazeh like this. Just like the day of the middle of the Hakamat Mishkan, that day was holy and there was no holiness before. So to only days like that, Kippur, that's holy, but there's no holiness the day before. Mm-hmm. What about Shemini Atzeret? You're right, beautiful Kavahomer you got, but you know what? I got to get it out to The pasuk says Hazet, like this one, and Hazet teaches me Kazet, like this. I what about my Kavahomer? You're right, beautiful logic on your Kavahomer. But if I have a Gezerat Tekatuf that tells me only items like this, it's finished. There's, there's nothing to talk about a Kavahomer. And what's the Kazet teaching me? Only items that the day themselves are Kodesh, but before it they're not preceded by Kodesh. Items like that, you need a seven day preparation. But if it's like a Shemini Atzeret, that in itself is Kodesh, and before it is Kodesh, items like that, you don't need seven days. So the key word over here being Hazet. So let's stop at this point. Comes out at this point to the Gemara. We're really only answering one question throughout this whole Shirud. How do you know that uh, Kippur and Parah Duma need the seven day preparation? So you're telling me, Lemaskana over here, Parah Duma is actually learned from Siva, Siva, Gezerah Shava, and Kippur I'm learning from the word Lechaper. I had a question. If Kippur is in the mix, certainly you should put Shemini Atzeret, for example, in the mix, because it's got the one day, like Kippur. But it's even better than Kippur in the sense that it's preceded by Akedushah. comes along and says, you're right, it's a good Kavahomer. But I have a word in that Pasuk that says, Hazeh, teach me Kazeh. It has to be exactly like the Miluim. Which means, just like the Hakamat HaMashkan day was one day that was not preceded by Kedushah, only days that were one day not preceded by Kedushah. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. 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 Amen.